Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Episode 30 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast, part of the Pinstripe Alley community of podcasts. Sean and Ryan with you to do the post-mortem of this Yankee season after falling in the ALCS four games to two. Obviously, it ended in about the most painful way possible. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sean, just, I guess, initial reactions, obviously the last way you, you would want to lose, but the Yankees did battle until the end in that game six and gave us plenty of excitement in the top half of the inning. It just all came apart a few minutes later. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Yankee fans should be all, you know, should be down. The You know, the good news is that Greg Bird is playing in the Dominican Winter League. So that's, <laughs> we got to focus on the bright spots. Yeah. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I was really, um, I was really proud of the way that the team fought back after, you know, when you lose with Tanaka on the mound, you feel like you're doomed. And and they came back in game five and and looked like total crap in the first inning. I mean, we were looking at each other down the aisle at the game and just that feeling of this is it. They're going to fold up and die. And then Hicks, who's apparently needs Tommy John, we just found out. Hits one of the biggest homers of the year. Yankees.com rated that as the number two moment of the year. We were actually at the top two. DD's Grand Slam against the the Twins. and uh, Wow, they really voted that one number one. Huh. Yeah, I think it was that one. Or maybe it was that game against the... No, yeah, I think that was the top moment. And then number two was the Hicks homer off the foul pole. And then LeMahieu's homer. And um, I don't mean to get on my high horse, but... Uh, Having Chapman blow it, I, I could think of worse ways of the Yankees to lose. Like, <laughs> if that was Batances, I would feel horrible for him. And just knowing, like, narratives or if it was a pass ball by Gary. But knowing it's a guy that I don't have an emotional attachment to um, made it a little bit easier to swallow, I guess. And I was glad that the two woman beaters got beat. Um, it really makes you think maybe if you can't handle yourself uh, like a man or, or an adult, you shouldn't be pitching in, in the big leagues anyway. But um, yeah, sorry. I just had to get that off, get off my high horse there. But I, I was obviously really upset when El Tuve hit the homer. I don't know about you. I, I felt like it was coming. I, once the Yankees didn't take the lead, I was nervous. And then I got really nervous. As soon as, as soon as Springer walked, I, I, 
kind of just started bracing myself for possible doom. Yeah, no, I, I did too. And it was a really interesting transformation because Chapman came in and looked dominant through the first two outs and then all of a sudden just couldn't locate his fastball to save his life and then falls behind Altuve. And then at which point you're like, just walk him because Jake Marisnik was on deck, lefty against lefty. I get it. You're, you would put the um, winning run in scoring position, which obviously is, isn't what you would want, but you also have a former MVP at the plate a righty up 2-0 in the count maybe don't walk him but obviously don't just put a get me over slider right over the middle of the plate which Altuve hit into tomorrow so that that part was frustrating yeah I was listening to effectively Wild's latest episode talking about how that ended and um while I was pro pro intentional walk while it was happening thinking about it as much as I fear Altuve and I respect him as a player, I, I like my chances of, of Marisnik getting single over Altuve hitting a homer. I mean, it's just, you know, stupid stuff could happen if you put the tying run in scoring position. Um, but it, it happens. I mean, at this point, we're just splitting hairs. I, I really, I don't think anything that went down in game six was egregious. I think Boone should have played. I, I hate playing the, the infield in personally. I, I don't like that. I think it opens up a ton of holes. And we've seen what the Astros have done with the infield in. When you get that, they get into a rundown, and then you have second and third and one out anyway because they, they are able to advance all their runners. So um, I, I don't I don't think that bringing the infield in would have solved all that much. I, I thought Boone handled the game just fine. And um, Boone actually said after the game he was – Chapman was to be pitching Altuve like it was an 0-2 count, like he was ahead in the count. And obviously, if you hang a slider in that kind of count, you'll still get punished, and and he did. Yeah, it was a a deflating ending, but obviously a a thrilling top half of the inning with the home run from LeMahieu, who was just an absolute machine, living up to his nickname, uh, all series. Home run in in Game 5 to tie the game and kind of let the home fans know, like, we're not just going to... We're not just going to fold, and you know, I, I I feel like I feel like the surprisingly quick pace in which I got over that game was tied to the fact that I really did not like the Yankees' chances in a game seven anyway. Going up against Cole, the bullpen clearly already looking depleted, especially guys like Chapman and Canley, um, because the bullpen did have to be used a lot. Uh, you know, the, the pitching. You know, Cashman said it in his uh, end of season presser, which we'll get to in more detail soon. But he, you know, he I think he was right in saying that it wasn't the pitching that lost the series; it was the lack of some timely hits, um, in which both teams didn't perform well with runners in scoring position. Just the Astros got a couple good big swings at the right time: the Gurriel home run, the pair of three-run home runs in Game Four, but. Uh, I guess I say all that to say it's it's ironic that I felt the Yankees had no chance in Game 7, which is why I wasn't as upset for as long as I feel like I could have been normally. And now we watch the Astros completely fall apart through the first two games of this World Series, and you're kind of like, where the hell was this a few days ago? I mean, you think back to that Game 6, the, the diving play by, um, what was it, Reddick in right field, uh, so and the, the the Brantley play in left too. The Brantley double play in left. Correa's double play um, when he did that 
what was a really incredible toe tap and somehow got off a 95 mile an hour ball to first to complete the double play. And then you watch the Astros in the field last night uh, in Game Two of the World Series, and it just it just goes to show. I mean the the playoffs can definitely be a crapshoot. People can put together uncharacteristic performances in random times, and it could wind up determining a series. And you just kind of wish some of that stuff went the Yankees' way in uh, in Game Six last weekend. Yeah, I um, I, I mean, I, I try. I've been trying really hard to remind myself of the fallacy of the predetermined outcome, and um, it's not helping because watching Cole get hit, I'm yeah. just like, oh man, they could have won, they could have beat him. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if the Yankees would have beaten him if you get the same sort of effort, obviously in Game Seven, as you get in Game One of the World Series with maybe a little extra rest and rust. But um, it, it's surprising to see the Astros playing this poorly, and maybe a lot of that has to do with some of the drama that they've created for themselves. Um, with with their post game antics after game six, who knows if that's a distraction in their clubhouse or not? Um, but yeah, it, it's it's tough to see them go through this and and um, know that we could have we could have had the better of them. Yeah, and, and um, you, know, you mentioned maybe we could have beat Cole in game seven. The Yankees could have beat Cole in game three. I think I think personally, what this series came down to was the Yankees not capitalizing in the first inning when these elite starting pitchers of the Astros um, were at their most vulnerable. There's a reason why more runs are scored in the first inning than any other inning, and it's because starters need time to settle in, um, get their delivery down, get get a feel for the game, and they're also immediately facing usually the best hitters in the lineup at the top of the order. And you know they put the pressure on Cole in game three, right? Loaded the bases, Mm -hmm. um, swung at some first pitches to let Cole escape. And then he settles in from there. Granky in game four, same thing. First inning they had, they were threatening big. Um, couldn't cash in any runs. Granky settles in. They do capitalize in game five Hicks with the home run, LeMahieu with the home run. And that, that turned out to be all they needed. And Verlander did settle in the rest of the way allowed what one more hit, um, through the rest of his outing, which was just a, a bloop single, the opposite way from DD, but I think the series came down to that. The fact that the Yankees couldn't cash in in the first inning when the Astros elite starters were at their most vulnerable. And I think that comes down to the fact that the top three hitters in the Yankees order through most of the series, LeMahieu, Judge, and Torres were the ones that um, really showed up. But then you got to the rest of the order, you get, and then you're getting to Encarnacion, Sanchez, Didi, those other guys that uh, really, really struggled for for most of the series, and um, and yeah, weren't able to cash in on those rallies that were generated by the top of the order. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, there was one of the things that I was worried about going into the playoffs was that the Yankees had what was defined as the best cluster luck of all teams going in, which would be that they cashed in on their opportunities the most relative to the number of opportunities they had. So, I mean, if you believe that hitting with runners in scoring position is not a skill. It's just simply, you know, variation in your normal average, then you would assume that would normalize. And it, it did. And we also had guys coming back off of injury. Obviously I think Encarnacion probably was more banged up than, than anybody has let on. We know, we know Stanton was playing hurt and he started to look a little better before that. 
um, with the home run in game one before his quad tightened up. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it's a shame, too, because, you know, Hicks came, comes back and looks great, and now he's going to be gone next year. I mean, I, I think I, in the playoffs I really understood and when he was healthy how much more complete he actually does make the lineup that switch hitter that is patient that doesn't go out of the zone it's it's really helpful in the lineup and I thought they looked pretty good with him in it no absolutely I think he definitely changes the dynamic of of the lineup because he can hit from both sides and he has like you said a fantastic eye he's among the leaders in baseball and working full counts and when you mix that in with um, other guys who are right around him near the top of that leaderboard like Judge um, and you find yourself as an opposing pitcher going through stretches where you really have to work and become more susceptible to mistakes, and it's it's a bummer. I mean, it's I'm super disappointed that Hicks is going to miss most of, if not all of, next season because of this Tommy John surgery because you know how valuable he can be, and that doesn't even begin to talk about his defense and his throwing arm. Uh, he's huge out there, and... I don't know. I, mean, I guess that's a good transition into what you know this latest news with the injuries. But what what do you think this means for the Yankees' outfield plans moving forward? Is is Brett Gardner coming back after his best offensive season? Um, could he could he even you know physically last as another year older playing a full season in center field? I know our concern was could he even last through this year once all these injuries started happening. But you know, do they bring him back? And how much would they have to pay him given the the season he just had? Do they um, roll the dice and and make Talkman uh, an everyday outfielder? Where do you think the Yankees go from here in replacing Hicks? Um, I think Gardner coming back is is definitely happening now. I uh, Cashman loves him. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Yep, I, I agree. Just, I, I, there's not even a doubt in my mind, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, I, I mean, you know, I, I think he can last, hopefully. I, I think having Talkman helps. I, I would I would go Talkman, Gardner, Stanton, Judge. That would be, those would be the, the four outfielders I'd have on opening day. What about um, Clint Frazier? <laughs> the Yankees don't like Clint Frazier. Well, if they bring Brett Gardner back, is that with the assumption that the juice balls will come back after making well, a, an at brief disappearance in the postseason? Uh, honestly, that's like not not to be funny, but that that's a big thing. I no, mean, of course, I think that's that's hugely determines Gardner's value. And and Major League Baseball is not is not committed to figuring this out anytime soon. It seems like they just said they're going to delay their investigation more to include include the postseason. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, MLB has its own mess to sort out now, thanks to the Astros being assholes. You sound a little, you sound a little bit down on the Guardy party. Um, no, it's it's not really. It doesn't really have to do with Gardner. It's just more being down about not having Hicks because you know people knock him for his injuries, which he has struggled with. But when he's on the field, he showed it in the ALCS against. The best competition in baseball. After missing two months, you saw how valuable he can be and how valuable he is. So I think that's where the disappointment comes from. After enduring a season of all these injuries, here we are. And 
it's already begun again. Kind of like last year, end of the year press conference, find out Didi needed Tommy John. And then the injuries just steamrolled and snowballed from there. So now here we are starting with Hicks, another piece that's supposed to be huge to this lineup. So uh, it's, you know, Gardner had an incredible offensive season. I definitely have questions over in terms of how he can hold up another year older playing a full season in center field. And if the balls are constructed differently, what happens to his power numbers and the fact that he's just a general downgrade from Aaron Hicks. So I think that's where the uh, disappointment comes from. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I'm, he ha- I think, I think Gardner for half a season will be fine, especially if they get Hicks on time. Yeah, no, I mean, who, season, that's th- fine. so an honest question is where else, and we get into this one preview, but where else would you even want to go at this point? I mean, there's no, yeah, I haven't even thought of that. It's, I'm sh- yeah, we're going to have plenty of content that we need to take up through the off season. Um, as we weather these, uh, what is sure to be a firestorm of tweets of, Oh, here, the Yankees are the, uh, top fit for Garrett Cole. Oh, hearing now that, uh, um, the Yankees are, are planning on spending big and all these tweets that will well, eventually lead to nothing. Well, that's what, and, and that's what concerns me the most is that because just keeping it in the lens of the postseason, Brian Cashman did not acknowledge that they need another starting pitcher today. He used the Domingo Herman suspension as a reason for, for what happened in the postseason. Yeah. That's, that scares me. And Batanzas getting hurt. That that also scares me. Uh, they shouldn't be ducking for cover. I understand that they got relatively decent performances in the postseason, but they were short. Uh, the bullpen did definitely get gassed. The bullpen admitted to getting gassed yeah, in post-game interviews. So, like, that's the thing. If, if they don't say anything and whatever, I can sort of buy it and try to go along with this lie for you because I'm a fan. But when I have Ch- uh, Britain, who pitched – tremendous this postseason by the way oh yeah um saying that they were gassed it's hard for me to 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 look the other way on that yeah no i agree and look um you know you read inside the empire um and you learn that a lot of cashman's philosophy is built upon the fact that the playoffs are a crapshoot the goal is to win the division and get there and then you know hope the chips fall where they may and to an extent that's true i mean a, a lot of Look at look at the Nationals. I mean, they're playing fantastic and they've been one of the best teams in baseball since the end of May, but you know, they're they're also getting the fortunate break of the Astros playing uncharacteristically poorly right now and um and and that obviously helps their chances of winning it all, but I just I hate using that as a crutch not to go out and do everything you can to put the best team on the field because while the playoffs can be you know, random at times, you still want to give yourself the best chance to come out of that randomness on top. And by doing that, you get the best players. And as we transition into talking about this end of the season press conference, you'd like you said, you just get the vibe that Cashman is uh, setting things up for the, for me, what feels like the inevitable truth that, you know, we're not going to go after a Cole or a Strasburg. We feel that a full season of Severino and having Herman back Montgomery, blah, blah, blah. That's enough. When you know, when you're a team with the financial might as the Yankees, it's just it just feels so neglectful not using that to your advantage to go out and get Cole and ensure not ensure but give yourself the best chance of getting to the World Series and and achieving that goal. 
Yeah, I I agree completely. There's sorry to do that, Mike Francesa, when I started <laughs> talking. Um, there, it's been true that the Yankees are close, and it's true that the Yankees are a really good team. But at some point, you need to get over that hump, and it's getting dangerously close to where this this magical window is going to start to close, and we're seeing it already. As we get closer to guys, you know, we've already had to extend guys, um, Hicks and 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 uh, Severino, and we're going to start losing guys. Uh, obviously, with CC retiring and Batansis and Didi, it's starting. Things are starting to change already. And if if they had been more aggressive, we probably would have a championship right now, and that's really hard to swallow. And I'm hoping that that changes very, very, very soon. If it doesn't then this team might never get over that hump. And that's not any player's fault. It's the front office's fault. And I don't know if you caught this, but to me, this was the most damning thing is that when Sweeney pressed Cashman about you passed up on opportunities, he said, no, we didn't. Like we couldn't go over the luxury tax. We were restrained. Well, no, you chose not to. You did pass up on the opportunity. You just passed up on it for a financial reason. Yeah. And then he immediately said, and that's not to blame ownership but but it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. It is the owners owners to blame and it's their team. They can do whatever the hell they want, but don't try to duck from responsibility or or, or um yeah, don't try to duck from their responsibility. That's all. Yeah, that was I think that's obviously the highlight of the of I, the press yeah. conference. I saw somebody tweet something to the effect of if this was the Mets then, you know, the reaction would be 100% different to a statement like that. And that's true. If one of the Wilpons said that, like, well, we wanted to go get this guy, but, uh, you know, we had tax issues. Yeah. It, Everybody it's, it's was a horrible freak. look. It's a horrible look. And so was, um, and so was the denial of passing on the arms that Sweeney brought up. It was, it was a fair question. One that I've been wanting to be asked since last winter or honestly, since the 2017 off season, I guess, um, because passing on Verlander, potentially costed them a world series that year too but and then he start you know then he starts the explanation with verlander about uh, not being able to go over that that cap that they which was self-imposed like you can Mm -hmm. go over that the red sox did in 2018 they had to pay luxury tax which which wound up being not much at all and i'm sure they don't care about it because of their world series banner and that's 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 the way the yankees should operate you have a f- distinct financial advantage over everybody else in the league. Why wouldn't you use it? It, you know, why, why would the New York Yankees behave with the same financial restrictions as the Oakland A's? It's, it's, uh, it's definitely frustrating to see. And and don't and don't say you didn't pass on Corbin because you offered him a deal. You gave him a low ball offer, so you can say that you made him an offer, knowing damn well he was not going to take that. I mean yeah. that that was such a half-assed um, pursuit of Corbin, and um, yeah, that's and, Cashman. Uh, you know, Sweeney should have said, "Fine, why did you why did you pass on making the most competitive offer like that?" Sh- exactly, you could have said something like that. And now here is Verlander and Corbin both pitching in the World Series. The only one, the only one that I would agree with Cashman on was Cole. He tried to offer a package for Cole. The Pirates are the Pirates, and 
did whatever. Took a worse package from exactly. So you know, I I definitely don't blame him for that. I will blame him for Cole by the end of this winter. I'm not sure, but um, well, looking back on it too, it's like um, okay, Andrew Harden Frazier, I probably would have done that. Oh yeah, but it is what it is at this point. So anyway. I mean, does anything else from today really stick out as to affecting the postseason to you? Uh, I, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I really, I, I mean, it just comes down to, I, I thought just, you know, bad, bad luck in certain situations. The Astros made some, made some plays. It was a close series. Don't get me wrong. The only issue I had with Boone was game four, bringing Tanaka back out for the sixth, which he gave up a, you know, the error. But other than that, I really, I thought Boone, if I'm going to put a positive spin on this postseason, I feel comfortable with who the Yankees have at the helm right now. That's that's definitely something I didn't feel when last postseason ended. I feel very comfortable with who the Yankees have at the helm. I feel very comfortable with um, DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge in a big spot. The ability to put together competitive at-bats, as well as Gleyber Torres. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful to see where we go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I was thrilled with Boone all season. I mean, I, I, uh, even, even after last year's postseason, then word comes out about uh, the injuries to Britton and Chapman, and suddenly those really poor decisions he made were, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say more excusable, but I guess a little more understandable. Um, but you know, he was exactly as aggressive as he needed to be in this postseason, and like you said, it just came down to a couple timely hits, hits from a team that was struggling with scoring chances just as poorly as the Yankees were. They were just able to hit the big home run. I know there's a lot of uh, complaints about not enough moving runners over and bunting and just making contact. The difference was not any of that. The Astros and Yankees were both terrible in, in those positions with runners in scoring position, it was that the Astros were able to get the long ball when they needed it. Gurriel in the first inning of Game 6, that pretty much determined the game. Correa with the home run in Game 2. The Correa's three-run home run um, after, what was it, Springer's home? No, not Springer's. Um, who had the other three? Was it Springer, the other three-run home run in Game 4? Um, was that one the one, Bre- Bre- did Bregman hit one? Maybe it was Bregman. I can't remember. But the two three-run home runs in Game 4, that's, that's really what it came down to. I mean, the, the Astros and Yankees were, were pretty similar in this in this series. They each had their their sluggers that struggled badly. Encarnacion looked completely lost. Well, so did Jordan Alvarez. Um, oh, yeah. I, felt, I actually felt bad for him. Yeah, he looked completely – he had an awful series. Arguably the worst offensive series um, for any player on either team. And – you know, I mean, there were definitely there were definitely disappointments. I mean, Encarnacion was brutal to watch. He looked worse than Stanton looked in last year's postseason. Um, Sanchez struggled badly at times too. It seemed like he started to come around. He had the home run in Game Four, and then he had the single um, right back up the middle in, in Game Six for an RBI. It looked like he was starting to get better. I'm sure the groin was was at least a factor, and the fact that he really didn't have much time to. Um, get reacclimated before the postseason, but you know he's all, he also has his share of prolonged frustrating slumps at the plate, and then obviously Didi another one. Um, so the Yankees definitely had their uh, black holes in the lineup at times, 
And they, they almost were able to overcome him because of, like you said, LeMahieu, Judge, and, and Torres, who obviously you feel great about if and when the Yanks are back in the postseason next year. Yeah. You ready to uh, get season tickets for next year or what? <laughs> uh, no. Not not there yet? No. We're we're entering this, this cycle that we went into last year. Like, you know, there was the frustrating winter where the Yankees were just like clearly – half-assing stuff with Corbin and and then we were frustrated me and you were frustrated about the Machado thing obviously we ate we have eaten those words after seeing LeMahieu now I want to see LeMahieu extended that's how <laughs> that's how good he was but now I'm I'm just preparing for another offseason of the Yankees clearly just not doing everything they can to to win the World Series I mean I don't know. I would love to see another offseason like 2008. Even if you're overly aggressive with signing some guys, just show that you want to do whatever it takes to to win the World Series. And so the the winter's probably going to be frustrating. And then when the season starts and the players control, you know, the narrative instead of the front office because they're actually able to be on the field and playing and they're going to do all this exciting and and cool stuff, then you know, the excitement will be all in again and we'll start putting away money every week for a potential world series ticket and um yeah i already can't wait for opening day because i know the winter's probably going to get a little frustrating yeah um same here i mean i i don't know part of me just wants to believe that they're going to realize that they're running out of chances and they got to go for it now and this is the off season to do it last season maybe it doesn't fit perfectly maybe you didn't believe that corbin had completely turned around um, his career, maybe you didn't believe he needed more offensive players, but the guys that are there, the guys that will be there, Garrett Cole, probably Steven Strasburg, these are guys that can help and put this team over the top. And these are the guys we got to get. But we'll talk about that more. Um, what was your favorite moment from the postseason? I, I would have flip-flopped the the moments you said that Yankees.com had. I think the Hicks home run was the biggest. They were down in the series. Um, the game was tied. You knew Verlander was going to eventually settle down, and they needed a big hit. And just obviously the fact that we were there was really cool. It was kind of like that moment of, like, you know, we're not going to fold. We're going to send this series back to Houston. And, I mean, look, we were at the DD one, too, and that was incredible. But they also were up in the series, up mm-hmm. 3 nothing in the game. By all accounts, we're in complete control of that series. So I just think the surrounding storylines made Hicks' home run, for me, probably the, the coolest moment of the season. Yeah, that, that was a fun – that's a fun highlight to watch, too, because you get that – like the double crowd pop when he lines it down the line. Everybody goes nuts, and then the, you can hear everybody kind of suck their yeah. breath in as they see it heading towards the pole. And then there's another explosion when it hits the pole. Um, that was really good. And I, you know what? Even though it came in a loss, uh, the LeMahieu home run is probably – Oh, yeah. Probably the most nuts I've went watching a Yankee games in two years probably since um, – because I couldn't go nuts in class during the ALCS, um, but that because I, I was in school. But that was probably the most nuts I went watching a Yankee game since either the Gardner hit off in, in the ninth inning against the Indians or um, the, the Bird home run. So two and it was years comparable. Of, it was comparable yeah, to that one. To worked, both worked them, a yeah. fantastic at bat, and um, yeah, and then finally got it done. And of course, it was against Osuna, so that made it even better. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's 
you know, those are the kind of moments you live for. Even if the, the joy only lasted for 15 minutes, it, uh, it was awesome. But yeah, the, the Hicks home run was awesome. It was a great moment to be at and, uh, kind of let yourself go a little nuts over at the stadium, which, um, you know, a lot of people sold their tickets to that game. The tickets were dropping, you know, precipitously on StubHub. But great job by the fans who were there because the atmosphere was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, never say die attitude for the people that were there. And that makes sense because the people that did show up obviously believed in their team. Otherwise, they wouldn't have shown up. Yeah, agreed. And now that I think of it, I guess you can argue that Hicks, who missed so much of the season with injuries, owns the best postseason and regular season moment of 2019 yeah. <laughs> his diving catch in minnesota would be my my vote for best regular season moment yeah that 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 was up there with the ones that we, we talked about for sure all right well uh I guess well thanks for doing this again this year i had a good time uh, our first full season in the books yeah that's right that's right first full mm-hmm. season first full one with uh with pinstripe alley it's been a blast and thanks to everyone who subscribed rated and then just listened along and um just like we were last off season before we uh joined with pinstripe alley we're still going to be here through the winter to uh talk about any hot stove stuff what is sure to be a firestorm of of twitter news going up and down interested to not interested front runners to uh on the outskirts whatever it's going to be all those fun narratives are going to come out and um but i guess until then enjoy the the uh rest of the world series and and the rest of baseball because then the the dark of winter arrives and um both of our hockey teams (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say both of our hockey teams don't look great the knicks were so much fun for three quarters last night and then just completely went back into 2018 knicks mode um the knicks will never suck me in i will never (laughs) I'll never be into them. The Knicks will never not suck me in, but they'll also never yeah. not deliver, I guess I should say. Um, but I, I have faith. One of these years, all of this pain is, is going to um, be rewarded. That's the funny part. Like, the Yankees just lost in Game 6 of the ALCS. They made it for the second time in three years. And then I look at a team like the Knicks, and I'm like, man, how can I really... You know what I mean? Like, it puts things in perspective. Like, of course the goal is to win the World Series, but this was still a pretty awesome season. Yeah, I mean, I had so much fun watching the team this year. You know, we said it's probably not a top five year, but definitely a top ten year. Maybe it's top five. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, the injuries were weird and scary and all this nonsense. But, um, yeah, it was really it, it was really fun year to watch this team just never give up. Yeah, agreed. To answer your question, I, I seriously have no idea what I'm looking forward to. I've been thinking about it since you asked, and I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, um, <laughs> the, the the dark of winter has really set deep into your soul, my friend. <laughs> uh, man, I, I seriously am drawing a blank. That's disappointing. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the World Series. I think Washington will be a fun atmosphere, especially now they're going up 2-0. Yeah. I, you know what? Like, Usually when the Yankees get knocked out, it takes me a little bit. Like I'll miss the next round sort of thing. Like last year, I didn't pay very close attention to the ALCS because I was a little bitter. But I got, I mean, you know, I got right into it Tuesday night. My wife's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? We watched a movie. I'm like, I just, now I just want to watch the World Series. Like I just sat down and watched a little baseball and got to, I actually 
was my wife's birthday yesterday. Got home, turned on the game right when right after Suzuki homeward, and then the floodgates open. And I'm just looking forward to watching a little more baseball because it's my favorite thing that doesn't breathe in the world. So watch a little bit more. Yeah, same here. I'll soak up as much as I can before it's over. And um, yeah, I guess it will be over the next time the next time we talk. But again, stay with us. There'll still be baseball news and Yankee news to talk about. Thanks everyone for listening all season and of course listening this week and we will talk to you all soon. See you later everybody.